Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! And then there were only four. What's up, everybody? Welcome back, or welcome in. I don't know. Sometimes it feels like we never left, but I actually took the Saturday of this last weekend off for the first time in my whole life. (laughs) That's an exaggeration. But hopefully you had a great weekend. I had a great weekend as well. Uh, Stayed up until 4.45 in the morning on uh, the wee hours of Saturday morning because we went to and from Bozeman, Montana to watch a dominant FCS quarterfinal playoff victory, Montana State, into the Final Four. That's your headline on your Monday. We'll get you through all the way throughout uh, what was a wild weekend, particularly uh, on Friday night and particularly the final game of Friday night uh, in the FCS playoffs. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. You can kind of feel it in the air, right? I mean, it's uh, we're here uh, less than two weeks officially away from Christmas and uh, less than a month away from the end of the year and uh, definitely starting to feel that sort of way. And it's, uh, it's always a welcome breather and a welcome relief, but also... Such a fun crescendo when we get to this point of the year. And as we always say, we have high expectations for the college football teams across the state of Montana, particularly the two Big Sky Conference teams, Montana, Montana State. And with the way that the FCS has continued to evolve and where we're at right now in the wider world of college football, I think that Quarterfinals or bust is basically where we're at. You sh- you, you got to be in that top eight uh, at the end of the year, whether it's uh, in the seeding or in the final playoff bracket or whatever. And for the third year in a row now, Montana State into the final four. So we will uh, take you through what we saw at the Bobcat game. We'll hear from Isaiah Fonse uh, and Brent Vegan on the uh, the fifty five to seven win over William and Mary. And that's the thing. I mean, I buried the lead there. I mean. It wasn't just that Montana State's going back to the Final Four. It's that they destroyed the Colonial Athletic Association champions from Williamsburg, Virginia, without any doubt. I mean, they they completely ran roughshod. They could have scored 70 if they would have wanted to. Maybe even more. I mean, they they had 55 with six minutes to go in the third quarter. So, dominant, dominant effort by the Bobcats Friday night under the Bobcat Stadium lights. So, we'll talk all the way around that. We'll give you the other FCS playoff results. We'll compare and contrast the um, wh- the teams that are in the Final Four with the Montana Grizzlies, because I know we have a lot of loyal listeners here in Missoula and around the state of Montana that are Grizz fans. Where are the Grizz lacking compared to some of these teams we watched this last week? And I think it's pretty cut and dry, and the fact that it is pretty cut and dry I actually think is good news for Montana. Hour number two. We This year has been really fun because Marty Mornowick, the uh, longtime NFL coach who's our go-to NFL guy, he also was on the color commentary for the TV broadcast for Grizz football. And so he was able to give us some renewed and uh, sort of new insight on the University of Montana football team since he was there live and in person watching them each and every week. Uh, but we're not going to spend much time on the Grizz uh, 
now that the Grizz season is a couple weeks into the rear view. Instead, we're going to talk all the way around the NFL because now we're into crunch time in the National Football League. Four weeks left of the regular season after tonight. Uh, tonight will close week 14, so we have four weeks left. We only have a couple teams that are completely out of the playoff race, only a couple teams that are certainly have clinched playoff spots, and then a whole bunch yet to be decided. There's been so many teams that have been up and down, up and down, up and down all year. So we'll go through our five big things from over the weekend and some contenders and pretenders as part of the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, and that should be a fun one as well. So that's your show outlook. It's presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. Let's dive into the Montana Football Hour. The Montana Football Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications, Stockman Bank, and the Advocates. Have to th- say thank you to Blackfoot Communications for their continued support of everything that we do. Uh, here at ESPN-MT and at Missoula Broadcasting Company. They are so awesome in their support of all of my fun ideas. They really like all of my uh, intellectual stuff, which is something that I really enjoy. And uh, so we'll be happy to present a whole bunch of stuff courtesy of Blackfoot this upcoming year. The business angle will return. Uh, our overlay between business and sports with Justin Angle, University of Montana business professor, one of the smartest guys I know. And uh, we, got, we got a whole bunch of other fun stuff coming up as well. Love scheming things up. Love having Blackfoot being uh, such a great champion for us, and we love championing them as well. So let Blackfoot Communications help you connect to more. Here's your FCS scoreboard from over the weekend. North Dakota State at the first of three Friday night games. The Bison beat Sanford 27-9. Sanford hung tough. This was 0-0 late in the second quarter, and then NDSU kind of blew it open a little bit. It's amazing because if you listened on Friday, we were coming to you live from the Rock and R Bar in downtown Bozeman, and uh, our good friend Ty Gregorak swung by 12 years as an assistant at Montana, another three years as an assistant at Montana State, and uh, our go-to Big Sky Conference analyst for Skyline Sports, as well as an occasional contributor here. And uh, during the break, uh, when we had first got off the air, I was like, man, Sanford's hanging because it was 0-0. And he looked at me because he's, he's played against North Dakota State, coached against North Dakota State many, many times. And he said, buddy, you can hang. <laughs> it's just a matter of how long can you hang? How long before the dam breaks? And it's just a, it's ridiculous that NDSU has got this formula that is so unwavering, so... Uh, Unbreakable, so consistent, and now NDSU. Even though they're in a "quote unquote" down year, which I don't, I still don't believe that. But you know, they lost two games this year. Sky is falling, <laughs> but they're in what is supposed to be a down year, and yet they're still into the FCS Final Four. Other scores from around the quarterfinals: Montana State drilled William and Mary fifty-five to seven. We'll get to that one here in more depth here in just a little while, and then the Friday night finale. I hope I hope that, that ESPN got what it wanted, and I hope that people stayed up to watch this game. And I don't know how many people actually did, but if what you were going for is you wanted the last college football game, the only sporting event on into the wee hours of the morning on, on uh, Friday night, and you wanted it to be a crazy unorthodox game that sort of put some visibility on the Big Sky Conference, well, you got it. <laughs> Incarnate Word and Sac State was one of the most nonsensical, crazy, unorthodox, wild shootouts, truly, that I, I I don't even think that I could say that we've covered that has ever been played. I mean, truly, it was 29-28 in the fourth quarter alone. When these teams were going back and forth down the stretch, trading the lead, I mean, for, for example, we walked out of the, the press conference at Montana State, and they had it on at the Bobcat Athletics uh, Center. The, the assistant coaches for MSU were watching it. So I poked my head in there and said, hey, what's the score? It says 45-41, Incarnate Words winning with eight and a half minutes to go. They scored three more times each <laughs> after I poked my head in there. 
And so we were captivated with this thing. We didn't even get out of town. That's why I didn't go to bed till 4.45 in the morning because we didn't even leave Bozeman until 1 a.m. because we were watching the end of this game and then putting the finishing touches on some multimedia stuff. And uh, it was wild, truly wild to watch it go back and forth. Onside kicks to big-time plays to then, uh, you know, controversy in a receiver being in or out and then two timeouts in your back pocket when you had to, had to, had to use one. And it all results in then the Cinderella story of the Sacramento State Hornets who were undefeated going into that football game. One of only two undefeated teams left in the FCS. They fall 66-63 to to Incarnate Word. Here's, here's to put it in perspective how ridiculous this game is. Sacramento State had 738 yards of total offense. If that's not a big sky record, it's definitely in the top three games in the history of the league. They had 48 first downs. That is absolutely a, a big sky conference record. They ha- I mean, I would be flabbergasted if it wasn't an all-time Division I record. 48 first downs. That's, that's incredible. They ran 109 plays. That means you're getting a first down on, on about half of the plays that you run. It's not even, it's like beyond comprehension how many first downs. I mean, 48 first downs is one of the most impressive stats. And and you say, well, it came in a loss, so how impressive is it? And that's exactly right. And that's why this whole thing is so crazy because Sac State rolled up all all that yardage, all those first downs. They, you know, had two rushers go over 100 yards. They had two receivers go over 100 yards. They scored 63 points. And yet, when it came down to it, they had the ball and they had the opportunity to get into field goal range, and instead of using a timeout, they didn't. And then their last final play, uh, it wound the clock down, and they never got a chance for the game-tying field goal. And it was truly just unbelievable to watch. Incarnate Word is the real deal, at least on offense. Their quarterback is as good as it gets. Lindsey Scott has made a million different stops during his career. Started at LSU, went to East Mississippi Junior College, had another stop in, I think, Nickel State maybe, and then somehow ends up in a carnal word. How the heck Nichols State lets that guy get away? <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. That guy, ha- I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the FCS in the last handful of years. I don't know how they let him get away. Uh, he ran crazy all over Sac State as well. But th- this all comes down to then Sac State's dream season ending, and the fallout from the dream season ending is already upon us. You have to wonder how much... Troy Taylor already uh, basically being the front runner for the Stanford job when this game was playing out, how much that affected things. But on the other side, uh, G.J. Kine, who's the head coach at Incarnate Word for about two more weeks maximum, he's on his way out the door as well. He's going to Texas State. So he had two lame duck coaches. Kine was already uh, official. Taylor had not been announced, but Taylor has since then been announced uh, over the weekend. So you wonder if that's uh, any... uh, had any influence on this game. But also now, as of this morning, the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Year, Cameron Scadaboo, the outstanding running back, he is in the NCAA transfer portal. I saw a lot of scuttle on Twitter. The kid's definitely going to Stanford. The kid's definitely going to Stanford. I don't know about that because it it is an easy assumption. It's low-hanging fruit to say, okay, Troy Taylor's going to Stanford. He's going to take his best offensive player with him. But you got to remember, you got to be able to get into Stanford. And we've had Cameron Scadaboo on my on our Big Sky Breakdown podcast on Skyline Sports uh, a couple times, and he's a very smart, well-spoken, confident kid. So I'm not saying he can't get into Stanford. I guess my premise in uh, being cynical about it is, who can get into Stanford? I mean, you have to have elite academics to be able to get into Stanford. So, so we'll see. And sometimes you can bend the rules a little bit for athletes or whatever. But there's also progress towards a degree. All I'm saying is I know that the academic part of the student-athlete stuff has become sort of a laughing stock to the general public. Stanford's one of the schools where it still matters academically. So uh, pretty crazy to watch that game go back and forth. And then your final uh, FCS quarterfinal score, South Dakota State 42, Holy Cross 21. But it was 21-21 early uh, in the fourth quarter. And uh, then South Dakota State able to close it out uh, South Dakota State's quarterback, Matt Gronowski, he was really good in the fourth quarter after sort of struggling early. Same thing with Isaiah Davis, um, SDSU stud. 
running back. And so then that sets up some pretty interesting matches, matchups, excuse me, for the uh, the final four. Incarnate Word will play at North Dakota State on Friday night in Fargo. South Dakota State, the top seed, they host the Bobcats Saturday afternoon in Brookings. It's uh we're still trying to figure out what our coverage plan is for the game in, in Brookings, but I know for, I can say for myself I will not be going. Only because Brookings, South Dakota is so far, it's so hard to get to, it's so expensive to get there. And, you know, no offense to Brookings, but Brookings in December is not necessarily like a, a destination. So there's not like a lot, a lot of other things that would, would draw you there. So you can't just like make a trip out of it either. And uh, so we're, we're still figuring it out, but likely will not be on hand uh, for that one. So the Montana Football Hour here on Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. If you haven't seen outside, the roads are not great. Slipping, sliding all over the place. Remember, if you've been in an accident, you feel like you've lost control, but you can reassume control by calling the advocates. With the advocates, there's no risk in making the first step of taking control of your life again. The advocates help people that have been injured by other people's negligence every single day. Personal injury is all they do. The advocates have helped others win, and they will help you win too. Visit them online at MontanaAdvocates.com. Andrew, I know you were sitting there watching uh, Big Sky After Dark. What uh, what did you think? For, first of all, before we get into this Montana State game, what did you think of the, the Sac State game? Because I was like trying to write my story a little bit and do some stuff. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, I just can't stop watching this. I just have to watch it. We should just – I just told everybody in the press box, I said – Guys, it's already 12.30 at night. Let's just all watch this together because we're all going to just be screaming and yelling at it anyways. So uh, everybody wants to talk about the timeout at the end, but I thought there were so many different parts of this that that led to that. I mean, Sac State's inability to stop Lindsey Scott in the run game. Uh, the fact that neither one of these teams had any intent on playing any defense in the fourth quarter, but it all was summed up then by seriously one of the craziest games ever. You tweeted out a great article sort of uh, surmising this. I wonder how many people watched. I don't know, but it was uh, it was a fun one Friday night in Sacramento. Well, it was an awesome one, Coulter. I think I probably had a similar experience as you did because I was at home, obviously. I was telling myself, I'm going to watch the entire Montana State game here. Maybe I'll write something about the Bobcats this week, but at the very least, I should watch the Bobcats play. Uh, that lasted until they got up a couple touchdowns, and then the Sac State Incarnate Word game started going crazy, and it's just you get the experience. You get the feeling like, Man, it doesn't really matter what else is going on right now. Watching this game is going to be an experience, right? So I flipped over to that game, caught the the incredible flurry in the fourth quarter where Sac State just really... I mean, we can talk as much as we want about Troy Taylor. Kudos to Troy Taylor for figuring out that an onside kick was the only way he was going to get the ball back and then doing it twice successfully to get the Hornets the ball back. Uh, just an incredible performance. It was one of those games, Coulter where you had so many players raising their games to meet the occasion, right? Jake Dunaway was hurt and injured and in and out of the lineup for Sac State. Asher O'Hara comes in and plays really well. And Coulter, they were down double digits at halftime. They had to throw the ball. He had some great throws. Marshall Martin and Pierre Williams were unstoppable catching the ball. I mean, Pierre Williams's last touchdown catch was one of the greatest catches I've seen, I think, this year. Cameron Scadaboo was great, and then, you know, UIW was matching them. It was awesome to see both of those teams raise their game. It's going to be so interesting to see what Sac State becomes now with Troy Taylor on the way out the door. The Sacramento Bee is already reporting that Chris Richardson, who was Troy Taylor's co-head coach at Folsom High School and has been his offensive line coach there at Sac State the last couple of years, uh, is has applied for and uh, will likely interview for the job. They also confirmed that uh, Andy Thompson, defensive coordinator there at Sac State, will also uh, have interest uh, in the job. But it's not just the, the head coach leaving. Scadaboo in the transfer portal. Uh, Pierre Williams and Marshall Martin, their they're two best receivers, are both graduating. Jake Dunaway is graduating. Asher O'Hara is graduating. A lot of their offensive lines graduating. Uh, the 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 defensive player of the year in the league from Zach State is graduating. So they have a lot of guys 
uh, on the way out the door. We'll save that discussion for uh, a little later on this week. We're going to do three big things about the Cats coming up here in about 10 minutes. we got some sound bites from Brent Vegan and uh, Isaiah Afonso. But I want to end this first segment here uh, on the Montana Football Hour, which is presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and your neighbors. Uh, As always, and it's going to be like this for a really long time, and the moment it's not like this, I think that will will be a a pivotal and, uh, in some circles, sad moment. In Montana, the discussion almost always comes back to the Grizz. No matter what side of the rivalry you're on, it always comes back to the Grizz. The Grizz set the pace for a really long time. The Cats have certainly taken that torch, and now they're the ones out in front of the race. And we'll get to that in a minute because I think that Montana State, now given this last uh, three-and-a-half-year and and, uh, three-full-fall seasons run, is undeniably the premier program in the state of Montana and is undeniably the premier program in the Big Sky Conference. There is no knocks left. They have a Big Sky Conference title. They have a rivalry trophy. And they also have three straight appearances in the Final Four, and they're one step away from their second straight national championship game. No Big Sky Conference team has done that since the Grizz back in 2009. So Montana uh, has a lot of room to catch up in Montana State, now leading the pack. But I want to talk just about where we're at because, you know, with, with the Grizz. Because, Andrew, you and I, on the way to and from the Big Sky kickoff, discussed our, our varying levels of confidence in Montana State. And we were both a lot higher than most of our media colleagues on the Cats. Yet it seemed that the only consensus going to and from the Big Sky kickoff this last year amongst the media was the consensus that Montana was the team to beat. And there's a lot of different factors that go into why the Grizz hype is... Uh, so influential, I think part of its history, part of its tradition, part of its scope, part of its their fan base, part of its their head coach. There's a lot of factors that go into it. But we were sort of both on the same page that we thought that the Cats and the Grizz were on equal playing fields. And now, I think we could say that they're not on equal playing fields. The Cats are the ones that are on the higher playing field. But what do you think? I mean, watching some of these FCS games from the last couple weekends with Montana as sort of the the entry point of analysis, where in your mind do you see the Grizz lacking? And what do you think of this this phenomenon? Because I'm going to have a hard time believing the Grizz hype moving forward, just because uh, we've seen it come up short now for several seasons in a row. Yeah, Coulter, I think what happened during the preseason, and, and we were both super high on the Grizz as well. Um, you know, we were we thought that they really had the look of a national title contending team. I think what happened um, in sort of the narrative and evaluation of the Grizz is people sort of overlooked their potential downsides, uh, their potential worst-case scenarios at a couple of areas on the field, namely the offensive line, uh, and that's really the big one, but also the quarterback, and that wasn't just Lucas Johnson, but looking at the quarterback position as a whole and who you might have to turn to if Lucas Johnson went down. I mean, you never want to think about those scenarios, and that's why the Grizz were so uh, enticing in the preseason, right? Because the best-case scenario for the Grizz was so stratospheric. So it becomes easy to talk yourself into that, and a yep. lot of times you can talk yourself out of and you can gloss over what happens in the worst-case scenarios with these teams as well. And I think that nobody gave enough weight to what would happen uh, if the quarterback went down and if the offensive line wasn't quite as competent as we thought it might be. It's so true, man, and that's such a great way to put it. Because, and this this is full circle for what we've been talking about all fall long. There's this certain obsession with nostalgia that we all have. But then there's also just like this, that there was this this feeling that I think that, like you said, I think most people were willing to acknowledge 
Montana has been held back by their lack of elite quarterback play and their lack of dominant offensive line play. But you wanted to believe, one, that Lucas Johnson could be the savior and that some of the revamping on the offensive front would come to fruition. And then, early on when he saw the offensive line was only pretty good but not not utterly dominant, and that Lucas Johnson could be really good, but that the coaching staff was certainly not going to just say, hey, kid, here's a ball, go win us the game. I still think in, in the back of the, or the front of many, many supporters of Grizz football, they thought to themselves, well, but the one guy who could do this, the one guy who doesn't need Eric Berrier to win a national championship, the one guy who doesn't need Trey Lance or Carson Wentz is Bobby Houck. I think, though, that we have definitive evidence, and this is not a shot at Coach Houck or the Grizz football program. This is just football in its current form. We have definitive evidence, especially in college football. You have to have a good quarterback to be able to make a run at this thing, and you're just sitting there watching. Like, how did whole? I know that everybody out there that's listening, there's so many people out there that's listening that want to say, you know, South Dakota State looked vulnerable, or they're not very good, or they or they didn't play very well. You got to give good credit to Holy Cross, though. To what I saw was Holy Cross had the best player in the game. He happened to play quarterback for them, and they hung until the fourth quarter until South Dakota State's much better talent and much better uh, depth sort of overwhelmed the uh, the Patriot League champions. But that quarterback from Holy Cross was sweet, and he was running all over the place, and he was doing all sorts of stuff. It's the same thing with Incarnate Word, man. Incarnate Word, man for man would be like a middle-of-the-road Big Sky Conference team, but their offensive skill would be upper echelon in the Big Sky, and their quarterback would be one of, if not the best players in the Big Sky, and that's why they're in the Final Four. At some point now, if you're the Grizz, you just got to look at this. Like, you just got to bite the bullet and realize, man, this is what it is. And I think that the thing that's so frustrating for people that follow Montana football is that it's not unattainable. Like, these guys, if, if all of the teams in the FCS quarterfinals have great quarterbacks except for you, you, you can go get one of those guys. It's not like they're, like, one of a kind. There's a lot of good players out there at the quarterback position. Montana's just got to go find one. Well, yeah, Coulter, and for me, and I love that you bring up the Holy Cross guy, Matt Sluka, who I Matt think Sluka loved him, ran for over 200 yards against South. I mean, he I mean, was, he's a 1,000-yard rusher this year. I thought he was awesome. But watching that game, what jumped out at me is it's not all about the talent on the field at quarterback. It's not about what all that he can do for you. It's about what he can get the rest of the guys on the team thinking that you can do. That's right? exactly right. You have to have the confidence in him from everybody else on that that's offense. Exactly right. And that's going to help them play above their heads. That's exactly right. Who, who, there, there's all sorts of varying opinions about Tommy Mallott. You want to know what the guys that play defense at Montana State think of Tommy Mallott? They think he's the best quarterback in the world. They think he's the best quarterback in college football. And that's why they win, because they believe in their leader. It's so true, man. Your, your, your true belief in your in your leaders can certainly uh, help will you to victory. And uh, I don't know. I just think it's – it's uh, if I was Montana, and I, I don't know if they're watching this or not, if they were, though, I think at some point you just have to swallow your pride and realize, okay – at this level, especially, a quarterback, especially one that can contribute in the plus-one run game, is the ultimate X factor. You have to have it. You have to have it, and what makes it so difficult and still so uh, thorny to analyze this Grizz season is that there were moments, and there were even full games, where Lucas Johnson looked like he would be that guy, right? He was getting involved For in sure. the run game early in the season. He For looked sure. like a guy who had that level of athleticism. For sure who could have contributed there, and there were drives and there were quarters and there were games early in the season where it looked like it was all going to come together. And, and you're right, it just it, it fell apart at the end. And, and, yeah, I mean, the point that you're making is so well taken, right? Like, Tommy Mallott has weaknesses, right? For there, sure. Tommy Mallott has issues. You can scheme against him. Uh, there are some things as a quarterback that he can't do. None of that really matters, right? There's a bunch of things as a quarterback that Jalen Hurts can't do either. He's about to win the MVP. They're twelve one. I mean, it's you know, and that's what I that's what I wonder too. I'm not trying to say Lucas Johnson wasn't talented enough too, though. I also think that so much of this is the style, like it's the it's the willingness to actually 
let your quarterback put the ball in his hands and, and actually do it for you. More discussion about this and other things, including three big things about the Bobcat victory. They were 55-7 to winners over William & Mary. They're headed to the FCS semifinals for the fourth season in a row. We will give you three big things on the Bobcats right after this, the Montana Football Hour. It's presented by the Advocates reminding you, if you've been in an accident that wasn't your fault, you deserve an advocate. You can call anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 406-640-4444. The Advocates reminding you that you deserve an advocate. Three big things about the cast, three big things about the Grizz. Next, keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio. College Athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuwana's here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. ESPN Radio Missoula. I uh, didn't know about this Timmy Trumpet person until the last uh, couple weeks, and uh, pretty easy to get that stuck in your head. <laughs> it's like you're going to the bullfighting arena uh, and also just like sweet trumpet playing all at the same time. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio. Thanks so much to Blackfoot Communications for their presenting sponsorship of the Montana Football Hour, which we do the first hour of each Monday show here on Nuanas Now. Blackfoot Communications, the official digital sponsors of Grizz Athletics, Bobcat Athletics, and the presenting sponsor of the Inside the Den podcast with Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. Uh, he joins us more often than not here on the Montana Football Hour, but uh, he is getting so much needed R&R, uh, so we trudge on. Time now for three big things about Montana State's 55-7 to victory over William & Mary over the weekend. The Cats into the final four of the FCS playoffs for uh, the third season in a row. One of the big talking points around Big Sky Conference circles all offseason was, what is the status of Isaiah Afonso? All-American running back, he had multiple knee surgeries following last year's record-setting year in which he set MSU's single-season rushing record. Many wondered when he would play, if he would play, if he would play for the Bobcats again, if he ended up having to sit out this whole season. Would he then play his final year at MSU, or would he go somewhere else? All sorts of speculation. I didn't think he was going to be back this year. <laughs> I was wrong. He is back, and he is better than ever. He is looking like the best version of himself, and the last version of himself was already the best running back in the conference and one of the best running backs in the country. So uh, the best version of himself is something very frightening for the rest of Montana State's opponents. Afonso, in two games since he returned, 21 carries, 253 yards, and I think three rushing touchdowns. He had a 68-yard burst to break MSU's career rushing record over the weekend, finished with 162 yards on just 11 carries against William & Mary. Uh, if he's back and better than ever, that is unbelievable boost for an already unbelievably potent rushing attack. Let's hear from Brent Vegan on what it's like having his senior running back back in the fold. Well, performance-wise, uh, you know, I, I think you can see out there again, he is hard to deal with he's hard to bring down obviously you know there's there's good blocking in front of him to be able to put him in those positions but you know um, getting out in the open and 
you know, scoring from 68 yards to, to be able to see him finish a long run like that was great. Um, so another step for him for sure. You know, the the, the record, um, you know, he was bound to break it as soon as he got back on the field. So, uh, you know, good that he was able to get that done tonight. Um, speaks to, you know, um, how he's been consistent over a long, long time. Um, speaks to his talent and, you know, speaks to the, the talented players around him too. Brett Vegan on Isaiah Afonso after he rushed for 162 yards as part of a 328-yard effort for the Bobcat football team in a 55-7 win over William & Mary. Here's Isaiah Afonso on what it's like being back. It's very special. Um, I don't know. or We're not guaranteed to have another home game, so just doing it in the last game of the year and also just thinking about the beginning of the year and rehabbing through surgery and whatnot makes it even more special. Any big runs tonight? What did you see on that big touchdown run that you had in the first half? The O-line just it opened up like the C, and I just took it. <laughs> a man of few words, but a man of many, many thunderous blows in the hole, man. To watch the guy, his center of gravity when he gets down, and then, I mean, he truly just launches at incoming tacklers. He would be so miserable to play against because he's only about 5'10 already, but his ability to just fully... Lower his pads. I mean, coaches, if you played high school football, your coach probably yelled at you about your pad level. Nobody that I've ever covered in the Big Sky Conference plays with better pad level than Isaiah Fonse. It's ridiculous how low to the ground he plays. And now, though, he has top-end speed, too. He was always pretty fast. Now he's, like, devastatingly fast. His 68-yard touchdown, he was, boom, God, unbelievable to watch. Second big thing about the Cats here on the Montana Football Hour, Montana Football Hour. Presented in part by the Advocates. The Advocates gives free consultation. They'll defer your medical bills. So chat online anytime, 24-7, by visiting MontanaAdvocates.com. You did not deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an, an advocate. Second big thing, you have to just wonder, man. You know, I'm not trying to get all spiritual or talk about the afterlife too much here. But a lot of times, profound loss leads to profound motivation. And I think that sometimes... As humans, we think too hard. We think ourselves into the corner, and we all do this. But sometimes when you experience loss or pain or grief or sickness, sometimes then that can make your total focus that thing, and then your performance can blossom. And Montana State's been playing really, really well as of late. But you have to wonder, the fact that they knew this was their last guaranteed home game, for uh, an unheralded, in my mind, senior class, and the fact that the greatest Bobcat of them all, Sonny Holland, passed away last weekend at the age of 84. Montana State did a great, uh, uh, several great things before the game to honor Sonny Holland. His three daughters each received a bouquet of flowers from the Bobcat captains. They all went and said their penance at the Sonny Holland statue that sits in front of Bobcat Stadium. Flowers from fans and former players and current players and all across the board were laid at the feet of the statue. And then they had a cool moment. You know, both Montana and Montana State, they run onto the field with the American flag and the Montana flag. And they had Paul Dennehy, who was a quarterback from Butte on the 76 Bobcat team that Sonny Holland was the head coach for. Paul Denny, he gave the Montana flag to Tommy Mallott, and then Mallott ran it onto the field to lead the team onto the field. And Sonny Holland also hails from Butte, and Mallott also hails from Butte. So I thought there was cool symbolism in that. Sonny Holland was certainly watching on uh, on Friday night, and Brent Vegan acknowledged as much uh, after his team's 55-7 victory over William & Mary. Pretty meaningful, and to have uh, um, a lot of his former players out there, um, his his daughters were there. Um, you know, I, I hope it meant a lot to those those people. You know, the, the the I think for our guys, I think to have a the ability to hopefully touch them. I think touch touch the people that uh, Coach Holland. You know, uh, you know his daughters, obviously the players he coached, uh, and that was really meaningful. And that was a, a great thought. Uh, um, whoever came up with it, that we kind of coordinated that all together. And, um, yeah, to, to continue to honor um, Coach Holland, I know uh, coming up this Tuesday, um, you know, he he's obviously 
earned, uh, you know, the respect and, and all the praises that uh, have been given him. He's, you know, such a such a great player, a great coach, but a much better man. And that's that's apparent by all the people that, uh, you know, have commented, whatever. I mean, it's just, a, you know, to, to keep winning for him, um, you know, uh, we certainly, he's certainly in our mind. I know that. Tomorrow morning in Bozeman, they will celebrate the life of Sonny Holland. It will be at the... Uh the Student Union building there uh, on the Montana State campus. I wish we could make it. It's just a, a quick turnaround on a early week, weekday. Um, but as I tried to express last week, Coach Hall had a profound effect on us and, and my career in media, and uh, he taught me a great deal. And he's a, a phenomenal, phenomenal piece of history. And the fact that he was a living piece of history for so long uh, – takes true humility to be able to navigate those waters. Third big thing about the Cats before we take a break, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the Grizz. Cats have truly found their groove, and I think that it's such a balancing act when it comes to small school college football to be able to have confidence, belief, a sense that you belong but also not an arrogance, a respect for your opponent, a respect for the process, a respect for yourself. I thought that was the most starting, startlingly different part about Friday night. Even last year, with the most talented Bobcat team I'd ever covered, when they went down to Sam Houston and won, it was a, like a huge upset. It, it was a, a landmark moment. And everybody could say, oh, Sam Houston was down there, coming out of the spring season, whatever. It doesn't matter. The Cats had never gone on the road to want a playoff game ever since, you know, before the FCS playoff days. So I guess what I'm saying is that right now as we sit here today, I think that everybody in the MSU organization fully expected to be going back to the Final Four. And that's a stark difference. Even though Montana State's been very good for 20 years, they've never actually expected to be in this position, believed it, and Brent Vegan has done such a great job all year of balancing the dynamic of it's good, but we need to get better. We've been great. We still need to be, get better. That's such a, a balancing act. It's such a delicate uh, thing to try to attain. So today, actually, in Brent Vegan's press conference, I asked him to elaborate on that. What is the process of getting better? What goes into that? This is a, this is a couple minutes long here, so uh, bear with us. But uh, this is a, a, a interesting fold. What is the process of getting better like? How do you go about enacting it with your team? I think you got to continue to remind them um, that in the game of football, each week is its own. And, you know, try to make that a mark every week. What can we do to get better this week? And, in fact, you know, daily and, and try to create this consistent model and not make it about, and who you play, where you play, all that stuff, when you play, I think then that allows you to make it about, okay, you know, what am I doing as an individual to get better? And then collectively, what does that allow for with our team? And, and I think, you know, one thing that is very important is our guys stay committed in the weight room, you know, and, and I think staying strong through the, the season is really important. And Coach Heron, um, does a great job with them during the season. I know we talk a lot about the off season with with our guys, and it's not so much about making all these kind of gains necessarily, but it's staying strong. And and you know when guys do get injured, we work them hard to get them back. Um, you know I think you have to have that mindset as an individual that um, the end result or the result of the the team is what it's all about. You know, and I, I think we we have a group of guys that are very team oriented, and when you I don't know. It's, it's, it's our guys understand that. And, and that, uh, you know, I think it, it feeds from our older guys to our younger guys just to go, how, go, how you go about your business on a, on a daily basis. And, you know, I think the results have, uh, a, a, the results reflect that, I guess, just the way our guys <laughs> see things. Seems like it, it takes a certain level of, of self-awareness as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, uh, there's a humility that uh, is necessary. You know, I think our guys, you know, being humble and, um, 
you know, not letting the highs be too high um, is really important. And then you're hungry enough for you. The, the lows um, aren't too low either. I, you know, and that that's a real balance. It's coming out of a game um, like we had in back way back in Cheney and saying, all right, um, we, we won that game. Let's let's celebrate that. But all, all let's go back to and recognize all the things that we could have improved upon in that game. Um, and, and so on and so forth through the year, I think, yeah, the self-awareness the, that comes with being humble and really being able to look at yourself and, and, and say, what can I do to get better? And then understand how impactful that is to the, the, the sum of everything. And I, I, you know, whether it's the scout team guys continuing to go out there day after day, you know, their buddies playing other teams, they get finals and are going home this week. You know, and it's uh, it's hard going out there and doing this weeks on end. Um, but those guys understand uh, how important their role is too, and we we tell them that. And, and so, no, we got a yeah. It's a lot between the ears. I, I think is what you're getting. It's it's certainly the physical component, but it's having the right uh, frame of mind for a lot of a lot of guys. I mean, that's it's hundred plus people being on the on the right uh, right track. It is uh, amazing to think just the uh, the organizational tactics that go into building the culture of, of anything, but particularly a college football team that's made up of a bunch of young men. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We'll finish up here on the Montana Football Hour. Right after this, the Montana Football Hour is presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank provides personalized customer service, and your phone call will always be answered by a live person. They blend traditional Western values and modern conveniences with state-of-the-art technology, and they provide time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Back right after this. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Radio. It's so funny because now I feel like things blow our minds as a cumulative public daily, but then we forget about them. They don't resonate. We don't talk about them forever because then the next thing just comes. <laughs> I guess that's the bane of, of constant connectivity and social media. But I was just listening to some, some MJ and just thinking like when that music video dropped for a lot of reasons, which we won't get into, we won't divert too much, but... There was a variety of reasons why, but particularly like the the face shape shifting at the end of the video. Man, music videos used to be like these cultural events. It's not that I'm yearning for yesteryear as much as I just wish we had those cultural events still. Just so we had something to talk about. I guess that's what college football is. Welcome back. Duan is now at ESPN Radio. Need a place to watch the uh, FCS semifinals this upcoming weekend, Friday night and Saturday afternoon games. The Silver Slipper will have them on. They got drink specials every single day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite teams. At the Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. They also got the card room back rolling, so stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Just a few minutes left here on the Montana Football Hour. Thanks to our awesome sponsors, Blackfoot Communications, helping you to connect to more Stockman Bank. Showing you Montana's brand of banking and the advocates reminding you that you deserve an advocate. Couldn't do it without all of those fine folks. We can ta- we're going to talk a little bit more about the Grizz tomorrow. Um, some of the things that we think they could do to sort of improve. And, and so just sort of some of the gauges we got from watching 
now the quarterfinals and the and uh, into the semifinals of the FCS playoffs. But the coaching carousel in the Big Sky Conference continues to churn. Uh, as of Friday, Cody Hawkins in as the head coach at Idaho State. So Bruce Bartum, at least assumedly so, going back to Portland State. He was one of the finalists there at Idaho State. Cody Hawkins, the uh, offensive coordinator at UC Davis, the son of Dan Hawkins. So he is, I believe, the youngest coach in Big Sky Conference history. He's 34 years old. I believe the youngest coach before Cody Hawkins was Bobby Houck. Uh, when he was hired at Montana back in nineteen in two thousand and three, when he was thirty eight years old, so um, I know State's got a new offensive or a new uh, offensive minded, I should say, uh, head coach. That'll be interesting. What does Bruce Barnum do when he goes back to Portland State? I'm not sure. I guess he does have an in, sort of an in, uh, an embedded out because he had coached there before. I think that at least one of his kids was born there. So, you know, you could say, hey, my family has connections to Pocatello, whatever. But uh, that's, a, that's an interesting team meeting, to be sure. Also be fascinating to see what happens at Sacramento State. The fact that several of those Sac State assistants are applying for that job, I don't know if that means they're not going to go to Stanford with Troy Taylor. I don't know who Troy Taylor is going to hire as his staff at Stanford. A lot of moving parts, for sure. So um, it'll be interesting to see how the carousel spins out. I just cannot imagine what Weber State's going to do because Jay Hill is uh, the hardest of those guys to replace. I know Troy Taylor is the greatest coach in Sac State history, even though he's only there for three years. They never made the playoffs before. They never won the league before. And uh, he certainly turned that all around. But I think there's some some indentured uh, advantages at Sac State that, that Troy Taylor just brought to the forefront and learned how to use. Jay Hill was such a like a part of the Weber State fabric. And he was also there for nine years. So I think that's a lot harder to uh, to take over. So we'll see. We'll keep you updated uh, as the coaching carousel continues to spin. Montana Football Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications, helping you connect to more. Also presented by the Advocates, reminding you that you deserve an advocate. Chat online anytime at montanaadvocates.com. It's also presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank has 36 locations in Montana. They're only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you. The Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Martin Mornaway in studio. That's next. Keep it right here. No one is now. ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The Advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The Advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. 